The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Good evening. It is Wednesday. Look at that midweek, and we're ready to do it all over again. Monday, Wednesday, weekend shows as well. You want to catch up on our TV show? Simply go to uh, employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, the phone calls always standing by, ready for you. You make the show. It is an hour of radio for you to call in, get some information, get smart, get educated. About your employment law rights, how do you do that? The same way you've been doing for eight years, 416-870-6400. Bring on your uh, your questions and your comments. would love to hear from you uh, throughout the show. This evening, we'll also get to the topic of reprisals. What are they? Getting punished for standing up for your rights. That doesn't sound right. So we're going to uh, tackle that one as well. Us, you know, We try to get some emails throughout the show as well. You want to send one along, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots of stuff to get through, so we'll get it rolling. Pal, week that was... What is going on with you? Hey, John. Uh, really, really busy actually this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, can't believe we're past the hump day. It's uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for me, but that's okay. I, I like it that way. I like to interact with as many people as possible. And today, for example, my gosh, from uh, from the day I, uh, the moment I connected online till about five minutes ago, I've been speaking with people, emailing with people, answering questions. That's great. Employment law issues are have never been more important. Have never affected more people. So please take advantage of the fact that we are here live for only one purpose, to answer questions. And, well, more than one purpose, answer questions, solve problems, help you. All those purposes uh, are, are really why we're here now. So if you're facing a difficult situation now, maybe it's COVID-19 related, your job is in jeopardy, your hours have changed, your pay has been reduced, whatever it is, call now with your issue, with your question, I promise you there's a path out of the trouble, out of the problem. Now, uh, if you want to talk to me privately, of course, you don't necessarily want to get on the air this evening. Not a problem at all. Throughout the show, we'll give you my contact information. We can have that private chat. But let me start uh, telling you some of the things I, I've been uh, involved with or dealing with mm-hmm. this week. Uh, I spoke yesterday with uh, a lady who uh, was diagnosed recently with a fairly serious uh, uh, physical condition, uh, a back issue. And uh, because of that, and as she was awaiting surgery, she wanted to, uh, or her doctor told her, she needed to reduce her days of work. So from five days a week to three days a week. She spoke to her employer and she said, I can get you a doctor's note if you need to, but you know, surgery is going to be a while because of COVID-19. Surgeries have been postponed. So for the next X number of months, I'm going to need to work three days a week. Her employer said, okay, leave it with us. We'll get back to you. Well, they got back to her a few days later, and they say, well, to to, any, to do that, you'd have to resign, hmm. then reapply for a three-day-a-week job, and then we'll consider your application and decide what to do at that point. That didn't sound very correct to her. So, of course, she called me, and we had that chat yesterday, and, and here's what I told her. What I told her is this. Her employer has to accommodate her. Absolutely. She has a medical condition. It's legitimate. She has that doctor's note to back it up. If her employer is capable of accommodating her, of giving her those three days, they have to. 
They can't impose conditions. Resigning is nonsense. She's not resigning. She simply needs to be accommodated. Under our human rights code, an employer has that very strict duty to accommodate. And if they don't, that's a human rights violation. That can also be considered a termination, a wrongful dismissal. So this employer is wrong. Now, what we've agreed here is that I'm going to get involved and I'm going to send a letter saying, you have this obligation to accommodate. Let's cut the nonsense. Let's yeah, accommodate yeah. her until she's able to get a surgery and get back to work full time. And they'll back off and they'll do what they're supposed to. So a reminder, of course, to everyone there, if you do have a medical condition, if you need help from your employer, if you have your doctor supporting you, your employer has to provide that accommodation. Remember that if that's what doesn't, if it doesn't happen, do what she did. Give me a call. That number you mentioned, Lior, I'm going to give it out now to reach Lior and a member of the firm, his crew. Anytime we're not doing this radio show or any other, one 855 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just getting our first uh, first few calls lined up here on the phone lines. 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way to call through. Ask your questions. Bring them on live, as always, on a Wednesday evening. What else is going on, brother? John, I spoke uh, actually earlier today, actually corresponded through email with the lady. She's a, she's a grandmother, and her daughter and granddaughter live with her. Uh, and uh, right now, the granddaughter is off school and is going to be off school for a little while, of course, with the government of Ontario closing the schools. Her daughter, though, has to work. She has, she's working for an essential service. She has to be physically at work. So what the grandmother wanted to know, what the grandmother asked me is, can or, or can she stay home? Can her uh, require? Can she require her employer to allow her to work from home because she needs to care for her granddaughter? So, uh, so that that's really the issue. So here's how this works. Right now, during the stay-at-home order, the answer is yes. You you can because your employer has to allow you to work from home if your job can be done from home. Now, once the stay-at-home order is uh, over. Unfortunately, she cannot require her employer to allow her to work from home. It would be different if it was her child that was at home, if she was the mother. But as the grandmother, there's actually no ability to require the employer, uh, you know, our human rights code, this duty to uh, accommodate based on family status. It applies to your child, doesn't apply to your grandchild. So because of that, and in that situation, she can't require her employer to, uh, to do that. Uh, and that's, of course, very frustrating. The mother is able to take time off. She could qualify for benefits. She, unfortunately, is not able to, uh, to do that. So if you're in that situation, remember, if you are a parent, you can and, and can require your employer to allow you to work from home. Yeah, that's not going to be the last phone call or email you get of that nature, I would imagine, for the uh, for the next little while anyway. Uh, 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. Gary, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Yeah, it's uh, it's about my, uh, my friend. She works at a grocery store. She's worked there for 21 years and has not received a raise in over five years. But yet other employees have received raises. Uh, is she part of a union by any chance? I'm assuming no. No, no, she's not. So an employer is not legally obligated to provide pay raises unless there's a, a contract or an agreement in place to provide raises. Now, of course, that's completely unfair when other people are getting raises. That said, from a legal standpoint, 
if as long as they're not discriminating against her, they don't have to give her a raise. And what I mean by discriminating is they can't say, well, you're older, for example, so we're not going to give you a raise. Or you're, uh, you're a woman, so we're not going to give you a raise. We're only going to give raises to men. That's illegal. That's wrong. That's a human rights violation. But as long as it's not discrimination, they do not have to give her a raise as unfair as it is. Okay. Okay. Because I know... They just hired somebody, and they pay that person a dollar less than than uh, she gets, and that person's a student. Listen, I think she should absolutely speak to her employer and say exactly what you've been saying here. It's not fair. It's not right. I've been here all this time. I'll do a good job. But from a, a legal standpoint, can she force them to give raises? Unfortunately, she cannot. But speaking to her employer may well accomplish this. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate the uh, phone call very much as well. You want to reach out to Lior any other time uh, to have a further conversation. Got you covered. one 821 5900 is the way to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to remind you as well, the, uh, the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of employment law information up there. In fact, Lior always tells you to go there first, even before the phone call. Do some of your own uh, homework. Have a look at what the uh, website has to offer, including the severance pay calculator. That's a good one. And if uh, you're not satisfied, then, you know, top right corner, there's a way to reach out and get a hold of uh, one of the team there as well. You want to uh, stand by and give us a call? We got uh, we got plenty of time on the phone lines, 416-870-6400. That is how you do that. It's still early. It's only 716, so bring it on is the Wednesday night edition, the flagship show, Employment Law Show, right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. It sure is. It is uh, 719. Welcome back to the Wednesday night edition. Love being here. Love having you on with us. Always a priority is you. In between the phone calls, we're going to get into the email box because it's, uh, it's, it's starting to bubble over, so we've got to trim that down a bit. But that's okay. We take the phone calls first because that is the most important part of the show. 416-870-6400. Dorothy, thank you so much for standing by patiently. Good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm well, thank you. Excellent. I have a What's question. I work uh, for an agency that provides home care to seniors who still wish to live at home. And I've been there six years. We don't have a union. And for the first time, I was asked to provide a copy of my driver's license and a copy of my ins- car insurance. I don't drive clients around. I just go to their homes and provide the care. Now, it's a lot of information, so I called the office and I said, why are you asking for this? And I was told that the agency has made some changes and they require that on file. Do I have to provide that? So here's the answer. There's the the basic answer, which is no, you don't. You do not have to provide it. There's no legal obligation on you to provide it. And that you not providing it is not considered to be a, any form of misconduct. But here's the other aspect of this that you have to keep in mind. They're allowed to say to you, 
well, because you didn't provide it, we're going to let you go. Now, they would have to pay severance. Remember that, that an employer can let you go pretty much for any reason as long as they pay severance. So if they were to let you go, that would not be a termination for cause because you did nothing wrong. So they would have to pay you severance. So ultimately, you have to decide then, Dorothy, what is better? Would you, uh, would you be okay losing your job with severance, which you know after six years could be six months, even eight months of pay? Or would you rather stay there if it means giving your uh, copy of insurance to them? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Um, the only reason that I question is that's a lot of information to have in an office uh, this day and age. Like, Keep I don't in mind, understand. though, th there are laws, by the way, in terms of what they can and cannot do with this information. So by law, they're not allowed to do anything in terms of putting, uh, either making it accessible to others or, or uh, storing it in, in any way that may compromise your, uh, your information. So there are laws that protect you in that respect. So okay. if you're concerned about this kind of becoming public or being used yeah. for nefarious purposes, that is a big no-no. They'd be breaching all kinds of laws if they did that. So maybe that makes you feel a bit better. It does. It definitely Thanks. does. Thanks, Dorothy. Thank you, Dorothy. Appreciate the call. You need to have a further conversation anytime with Lior or a member of uh, his team. No problem. one 855 Just that simple. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on. Another call. 416-870-6400. Dimitri, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Hi, Lior. Um, quick question. I just went through a, through a termination process where I got a severance and everything, everything was fine. Now, when I got the record of employment, it says... Um, on there, the cause for for dismissal was uh, sorry. The cause for the record of employment was dismissal. So when I'm applying for employment benefits now, um, I have to sign an NDA. So how do I not talk about the fact that there was a severance and um, um, without breaching an NDA? No. So so that NDA has nothing to do. It does not apply to the government. So you have to report your severance to the government. So that that goes yeah. without saying. Uh, in fact. Uh, they, they should be putting it on the record of employment, and it's going to be reported on your taxes. So all that's going to be uh, done properly. The NDA doesn't apply. Oh, sorry, the NDA applies to the public at large. You know what I mean? You're not allowed to publish on social media or tell right. your friends. Now, the one the, thing, though, the sorry, one thing yeah. to, to keep in mind is that uh, dismissal, which is code M on the record of employment, is not yep. the appropriate code if you are not let go for cause. They should put code K. Uh, so you may okay. want to speak to them about that, but in terms of telling uh, EI what you've received, there's absolutely no problem with that. No, it's the K that's going to be the issue. So I need to go back to them and have them reissue a ROE with the K. Yes, I understand. Yeah, because it, okay. it's it, usually M is for dismissal for cause, and that could give you problems with EI. So no, don't wor don't uh, deal with that. Hopefully they'll correct it. Should be very easy for them to do. Got it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dimitri. Appreciate your time. 416-870-6400. Moving on down the line. Rob, you are up next. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. I've called a few times on my own behalf, but now I'm calling for my wife. I'm going to try to keep it as tight as possible. It's kind yeah. of convoluted. Anyway, she worked for a national, a Canadian national company, uh, which was unionized. She was transferred from Mississauga to Winnipeg voluntarily. Um, they knew about her health conditions going in, and they accommodated her. Then suddenly, out of the blue, they asked her for another doctor's note. Um, and then they said that they could, couldn't accommodate her anymore. 
one department said that they could co- accommodate our hours, not our days off. The other one said that they could accommodate our days off, but not the hours. So she felt um, she felt she had no other choice but to um, quit. She went through a union, and they felt they found no wrongdoing. Surprise, surprise! With this particular union, and now she's got her paperwork for the last year through the Human Rights Tribunal. Uh, rampant systemic racism within this company. I just, I'm just wondering how long uh, human rights usually takes. So uh, human rights is not known for the speed of its process, unfortunately, and COVID-19 has made it much, much worse. Uh, they've, they have not been operating at proper capacity, and there's a huge backlog. So it's going to take a while. It, it, it could be something that takes potentially even a couple of years. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, and there's no other recourse for your, uh, for your wife. She is able to pursue a human rights matter independent of the union, but that takes yeah. a long time. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we may be able to circumvent that process because if, if we speak to her and we determine she has a, a good case, we may be able, be able to put some pressure on the employer in this case for them to uh, to resolve this with her without even having to go through that process. But she needs to have proper, strong, aggressive counsel f- to do that. So if she wants to chat now, about her human rights matter, have her give us a shout. Now, I know um, I might be speaking from a, a biased point of view, but I think she has an excellent case and she's a meticulous note taker. I love that. I love meticulous note takers. Yes, I, it's important because it's a, it's exclusively a human rights matter. Despite having a union, there's a small window for her to pursue that. So I, I, I'd be happy to chat with her or have someone on my team chat with her. So why don't you have her give us a call? I will. Have, I'll definitely let her know that. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the pal. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate listening as well. And you probably have it in already, but I'm going to give you the number to reach Lior and the team. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, you have plenty of time. Bring on the questions. That's why the show exists. 416-870-6400. Zach, you're up next. Good evening. Hey, how are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Lior. Um, okay, so... Uh, my girlfriend, uh, okay, so she works at a pharmacy, a big known pharmacy name. Uh, she's a cashier. Uh, she's been there f- uh, for well over 16 months now. Uh, she had a 15-minute break. Her hair was a little frizzy, so she went to grab some oil, and she went to go to the self-checkout, and everything, it was all busy with, you know, all the lineups, but one of her colleagues that was working the actual cash had walked away from her cash for a second to return something, so my girlfriend took it upon herself to, uh, you know, scan the item just as if you would do at a, at a self-checkout, but it was at an actual cash. And uh, she she cashed it out, and she actually pressed her own button on, on the, I guess, the cash register. Um, and then a employee had saw and said to another employee, hey, look what just happened. But she was just buying it on her 15-minute break. So then the next thing is the... Uh, Another another colleague said, oh, you know, the, the owner, the franchisee, um, you know, wants to speak to you. Brought her in the office and said, uh, we don't take these things lightly. Grab your stuff and, and get out of here. So they let her go? They let her go. And, you know, maybe on on film it may look weird, but nothing ever happened in terms of, in terms of a transaction. 
So, so that's just so I point. understand, is there concern that she was trying to steal the items? That's like indirectly what the franchisee owner was implying with his remarks by saying, we don't take these things lightly. Still, she but, hasn't received a record of employment either, which she will get him, I'm sure. Yeah, no, she, she will, but Zach, but did she, didn't she actually pay? I mean, it's either she paid for it or she didn't pay for it. Well, what she did, she scanned it, and then she pressed, uh, she went to press debit. Yeah. Because she had her card, but when she pressed the debit button, she actually pressed the button beside it because she was standing, like, beside the cash, and she pressed cash. So what happened was the register opened, so she shut it, and then called over one of her colleagues and said, hey, can you finish this transaction? You just have to cancel it out and redo it. I want to pay debit. And by that time, another employee had already, I like, see. I guess, paddle killed on her. And she's like, I get it completely. And then so, the, whole, the, the product, she even left the product at the, at the cash register. And then after she got told that she had to leave, she still went and got another one and bought it and left. Uh, right, right. So, well, listen, I, I mean, it, it's a very a high burden that an employer has to prove that an employee was stealing or trying to steal. And, you know, you really have to have your ducks in a row if you're the employer to, to do that. That's a big deal, of course, theft. Uh, listen, I think they're gonna, the employer here, the, the uh, pharmacy, is going to have a heck of a time being able to prove that in this situation when, you know, it's like she walked out of there with the items. Uh, in fact, they didn't even let the transaction finish, so they can't say what was going to happen or not happen. So this absolutely yeah. sounds like a wrongful dismissal in that this is not properly a termination for cause. So your girlfriend is a cashier, 16 months, you said, so a year and a few months. How old is your girlfriend? Uh, she's 33. So she is likely owed about two, maybe three months of pay. Okay. And, and uh, obviously the record of employment, and you mentioned the record of employment, that's actually very important because what her employer is likely going to try to do is put code M on the uh, uh, record of employment, which means dismissal for cause, and that would prevent her from getting EI. So not only should we get her severance, but we also get, want to get her a proper record of employment that allows her to get EI, because she could get a year's worth of EI. So it's important that you have her give me a call uh, so we can have a, a chat and, and get, I can get some more details. So there's two issues here. Number one is severance, and number two is a proper record of employment that will allow her to qualify for EI. Okay. Well, what are the chances if you had, uh, or if you were to contact the owner and whatnot, would she just get her job back? Would that be an option? Uh, it, it's unlikely in that we can't make her employer take her back. I don't think that's going to happen here. Uh, I think okay. it's only a matter of severance. I think the chance of getting her job back are, are very small, less than 5%. Uh, oh, the, the more okay. likely scenario is compensation and, and a record of employment. I, I don't see uh, her getting her job back, unfortunately. Okay. And see, on the flip side, she applied to the same company about three kilometers the opposite direction of our house. And that manager knows the manager at where the incident right. happened. So now the manager at the new place was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be calling everybody tomorrow who gets the job. She never got a call. So obviously, yeah. she said, do yeah. you know so-and-so? And yeah, yeah, he obviously called. And so, so I would deal with this quickly because you don't know who else this manager knows and that could be problematic for even future jobs uh, for your girlfriend so let's not sit on this let's try to get this done and resolved as soon as possible okay yeah i did mention to her to call i think she did call your office last week and then she got the initial fee amount uh but she does have that but before she wanted to go ahead with it i'm like you know what call and she's like i don't want to talk on the radio so i said all right you know what <laughs> i'm gonna call I'm going to call, make it very vague, and uh, I'll find out an answer. So 
going forward, we, we do have that initial fee for that. So, um, right. we will, uh, initiate that and, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know the name. I'm sure. Thanks. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate the call, and best of luck. Uh, obviously, you've already contacted Lior, so you know, but for everyone else listening, going, hey, I'd like to get some information. one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still got lots of time here. Open phone lines, 416-870-6400. Yeah, employers like doing that, man. They like pulling that trigger. Boom, out you go. Grab your stuff. Never want to see you again. They do it really, really quickly sometimes, don't they? Yeah, and you know, listen, I mean... You can't be rash with a termination for cause, especially if you're accusing someone of theft. That's a big deal. That's a mark, yeah. you know, that, that can follow someone if word spreads that someone was stealing. So you got to take these things seriously. You can't, you know, do that to someone. Uh, and But it, it does happen more often than it should. And if you don't have your ducks in a row as the employer, if you can't prove it, if you still want to terminate, treat it as a termination without cause. Pay them what you owe them and, and be done with it. Uh, certainly sounds like this employer was not patient, not willing to listen and jump to its own conclusions before uh, it should have. Get to some uh, emails here as we filter through a few more phone calls coming through. 416-870-6400. you got plenty of time, so uh, so make that phone call happen. First one tonight, uh, Michelle. Says highly or schools are closed where I live. Yeah, no kidding. And I have a teenage daughter. Can I ask my employer to work from home while she's not in school? The answer is yes. You can and your employer does have to allow you to work from home, even if it's a teenage daughter, you know, not not a, a young child necessarily, even in that situation. Uh, you can be working from home and your employer must allow that. Uh, and uh, that could that can be for a while and, and it can be even if the closure of the schools extended for the remainder of the school year, your employer has to allow you to work from home in those situations. Now, in terms of getting paid, the only uh, uh, benefits you would have in this situation would not be government benefits. Well, if you can work from home, then you have to be allowed. If you can't work from home, if your job is the type of job that you can't do remotely, then you're still allowed to be off, but you you won't get paid you could potentially uh, qualify for some government benefits depending on the age of the child. But yes, your employer has to allow you to work from home if that's possible because you have a child that's at home or if you can't work from home, they still have to give you time off if you want it. And Brian uh, has written in, said, Hey, Lior, I've never taken more than one week's vacation in the five years I've worked for my company. This year, I want to take two weeks off around the holidays. And my employer says that I can't. What can I do? That's not very nice. I mean, seriously. No kidding. Uh, like the guy works hard, only takes a week's vacation, and that's the thanks he gets. That's not not a good place. Well, here's the here's the answer to that. Yes, he he has to be allowed to take the two weeks, but his employer doesn't necessarily have to let that happen around the holidays. So it, it, he has to be allowed to take the vacation, but his employer does get to decide when that is. So his employer can say, "Yeah, I'm I've scheduled you for two weeks in September." Uh, as opposed to in December. That's not going to make him happy, but his employer is allowed to do that. His employer can't say you're not taking vacation or you're only taking one week. No, because at a minimum, your employer must allow you to take two weeks vacation uh, uh, per year. Uh, So hopefully they do that. If they don't, if his employer still refuses, a Ministry of Labor complaint could do it even faster than that. Uh, A letter from me telling them uh, you, you have to, too bad, you have no choice. That should do that as well. So those are the options for him. 
Coming up here, 416-870-6400, the number to call through. Daryl, next on the email, I want to remind you, you can email anytime, not just during the show, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, employmentlawyer.ca, you'll see a drop down there for our uh, TV section, our media section. You'll catch uh, past episodes of our long-running television show as well. Again, employmentlawyer.ca. Daryl is up, says, I was just given a termination letter that offers me 12 weeks severance after four and a half years with my company. The HR manager says that if I hire a lawyer, (laughs) if I hire a lawyer, the company will refuse to pay me the 12 weeks. Do I have to accept the offer? So before I answer that, let me tell you a quick story. Uh, On um, Friday, I got a call at the office from uh, someone that was let go. And uh, we had an appointment scheduled for Tuesday. Uh, So uh, in the meantime, over the weekend, here's what happens. She gets a call from the uh, HR manager and is being told, no, no, you have to sign or we're not going to pay you. So before the Tuesday deadline, she ends up signing. Uh And we we still speak on Tuesday, and she had accepted nine weeks uh, in a situation where she was owed about five or six months pay, about six months pay. And, you know, this was the thing that she literally accepted this on the Monday before the Tuesday when, when we spoke. Uh, I couldn't help her, and, and that's a, an awful situation. But I'm bringing this up because it is a very common pressure tactic where the employer says, you have to sign or else, or a uh, lawyer's going to just upset us. It's nonsense. And here's why it's nonsense. The employer's not going to pay you because they're nice and they're generous. They're <laughs> going to pay you because they have to. have to. The law decides what you're owed. So your employer can't say to you, well, we're not going to pay you unless you do this. Too bad. The law decides what the employer has to pay. So don't worry about what your employer said. If, if you're owed more, you're going to get more. And it's as simple as that. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out how much you're owed. Give me a call. All I do for a living, me and my team, 35 lawyers across the country, is we negotiate these severance packages. So it happens all the time. Don't let your employer intimidate you. Yeah, and just the fact that the HR manager says we're not going to give you anything if you call a lawyer means you should be calling a lawyer because obviously they're up to something wrong. So that's, your, that's your biggest clue right there. And you know what, John? A good employer should say, you know what? We're so call confident with what we've offered that you should get an ad- advice. You should yep. feel good about what we've offered. You should know what you're owed. That's what a good employer should do. You bet. 416-870-6400. That is the way to call through. And Fiona, good evening. Hi, how are you? Good, my dear. What is going on with you? What's your question? My question is, um, my husband is scheduled for a big surgery on June 1st. And I wanted to know what I'm eligible for if I take some time off as a caregiver. So you have a job-protected leave in that situation for three months. And uh, that's what your employer has to allow you. And, and what I mean by job-protected leave is that you uh, you can't lose your job. Your job has to be there for you at the end uh, in that situation. And if your employer does anything to you, then, of course, that would be illegal. That, that doesn't mean they have to pay you, but they have to keep your job ready and, and re- uh, waiting for you. Okay, perfect. And would I qualify for any compensation through EI or... Is is this does this have anything to do with uh, COVID? No. Then unfortunately not. You, there would not be any any benefits for you in that situation. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you. Thanks, Fiona. Appreciate that. Anytime you want some uh, more information or have a further conversation for other matters, you can reach out to Lior and the uh, the, the uh, team as we always mention. 
And that would be one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Moving down to Dana says I've been off on a stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. What do I do now? So you know this is a, a tricky situation, and I actually get asked this fairly often. I've been treated badly. I had to go off on a, on a leave, stress leave, anxiety, and I don't want to go back to that environment. Sure, who who can blame you? You can always obviously decide not to go back and and quit, but here's why you want to think about that. If you actually are leaving your job because of how you were treated, the law considers that to be a termination, a constructive dismissal. So she's actually owed severance in that situation. But the key here is to be able to prove it, to be able to establish it. As you can imagine, John, her employer is not going to look down in shame and admit that they treated her badly. Uh, so she has to prove it. So my question always is, how can we prove it? Do you have something to show for it? You know, anything in writing, a recording, a witness, something. If you do, you're golden. Then you could potentially mm-hmm. pursue it right now. You don't have to go back, and you can get your severance. If you don't have anything in writing, maybe you consider going back to work and building up your case. Start document things, recording things, making sure that you have that record so that it's there for you when you're ready to uh, to pull the trigger on this uh, without cause or uh, on this constructive dismissal. So she can obviously not go back. She can decide, I'm done. But if she wants her severance, we do need to be able to prove that poison work environment. Your employer has to treat you properly. You, you don't have to continue working in a poison working environment if you're being harassed or mistreated. But we do need to be able to show how you were mistreated, how you were harassed or bullied, If we can show that, the law provides you all sorts of entitlements. Bill is up next. Her email, help at uh, employmentlawyer.ca. Bill says, I've been working for my employer for the last year. Am I considered part-time? I am considered part-time, but I work 30 to 35 hours a week. I think they will be letting me go. Do I lose my severance because I'm not full-time? Yeah, this this all distinction between uh, full-time and part-time. So let's be very clear. In the eyes of the law, there is no such thing as part-time or full-time. There's just employee or someone that's not an employee. So the law makes no distinction between full-time or part-time, meaning if you are, you have a job and you lost that job, you are entitled to severance, full stop. I don't care if you work an hour a week or 100 hours a week, you're owed severance if you lost your job. Now, where does this idea of full-time versus part-time come? That's something that's dependent on the company. A company can say that we consider people that work less than 30 hours, for example, to be part-time, meaning we're only going to offer benefits to those that work more than 30 hours. They're allowed to do that. They can decide who to offer benefits to and who not to, but it doesn't change anything with respect to your legal entitlements, including severance. Yes, you do get severance if you are part-time. Let's get to Ron quickly before we wrap. Says, I've been struggling with a drinking problem over the last year. I think my employer is starting to suspect that there's something wrong, and I'm afraid they may let me go because of it. If I'm let go, is there anything I can do? So if you have a drinking problem, I actually want you to tell your employer because you don't want your employer to think you're just irresponsible. A drinking problem is a medical condition. It's a disability, meaning you cannot be let go because of it. But if your employer doesn't know about it, they may let you go. Otherwise, they have to accommodate. Tell them about that. Tell them you're seeking treatment. That will prevent them from letting you go. Do what you need to to get healthy and then get back to work. 
And that'll do it for tonight. Appreciate everybody calling through and emailing, taking the time to be part of the show. We love it. We'll be back on the weekend. And you want to reach out now that we are done. Want to mention pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is the one-stop shop as far as employment law websites is concerned. Go there. It's got tons of information. It's anonymous, but you can reach out to Lior and his team at the top right of that as well. 1-855-821-5900. Don't hesitate to call or email help at employmentlawyer.ca. .ca done for tonight, but stick around. On Point is coming right back. Alex Pearson returns on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.